live. So thank you everybody for tuning back in. We're having another episode of Talking Heads. That's right. We're back with the critically acclaimed award-winning show Talking Heads. Uh we haven't done a Talking Heads interview. I think we're up in. for we're up for an Emmy, right? Yeah, we're up for an Emmy and a Tony. We're still waiting on the Oscar. Okay. Um wow. we got the we got the Grammy last year. We're really close to the EGOT. But we haven't done one of these interviews in quite some time, so we're just going to walk you through it really quickly. Right now, we have Robert Harris, and he's going to talk about the writer's strike that's currently going on in Hollywood and how it's actually going to be affecting you and me and everyone that loves to watch TV or movies. So first up, I'm going to let Rob go ahead and introduce himself. What is going on? As Justin said, my whole government. My name is Robert Harris, but I actually go by Robert Xavier. <laughs> so if you see me in the street, just call me Rob or Rob X. Um, I'm currently what is called a nonlinear engineer, and I work for PostWorks in New York. It's it's a weird title for the job of I basically uh, I build the computers that editors work on, and I have you know I'm a help desk for Avid. So that's the editing software that, you know, is um, the industry standard. Uh, but we, you know, we do premiere jobs sometimes as well. Uh, but yeah, that's my current position and, you know, where I'm at. Okay. So a proper intro before we get into the stories and the questions. As always, I'm Jay, Justin Ruiz. And I'm Jay, Jeremy Francois. And here is the Talking Heads. So. Yes, sir. Robert Xavier Harris. Mm-hmm. Whole government. Whole government. <laughs> Whole government. How, so how long have you been in the industry, first off? I actually started my my position as, you know, at the bottom during COVID. So I worked literally the week where, you know, it was March 20th. Never forget the date. Um, I worked a week and three days. And, you know, my, my, my role at that time was I wasn't a tech. Uh, what I was doing was just basically like, you know, whenever we would get assigned a room for the editors, like I would bring in the furniture, you know, make sure the room is positioned well, put, you know, put the couch, like they have certain requests that they want, like, oh, we want two lamps or, you know, we want the, uh, a small couch and a bookcase. So my job would be to build the rooms. Um, and then when COVID happened, we literally on the spot were, um, like trying to figure out a way to have editors work from home. So that was kind of where it started. Uh, and I, and I was on a truck delivering, you know, all the furniture, like literally the Jarvis desks, you know, going to, to the boroughs, like going to Brooklyn, going to Queens and having to walk up these walk-ups with a Jarvis, heavy-ass Jarvis desk. Um, it was a nightmare. It wasn't fun. But at the time, you know, I, I was just kind of excited about just being a part of the the industry, like getting my first job and everything. So, it, you know, it kind of, I was just moving real fast. So um, I, I got furloughed for a year. So I didn't work the whole year of 2021. And, um, you know, I was still really confident because I left a good impression with, with them, which, you know, I was very adamant about doing and they called me back for the same position. And, uh, again, 
at the end, I believe this was at the end of 22, they basically, like, they, they were understaffed because this, the COVID surged up again and a lot of people were out. So that's when I was like, I, I was the only one that didn't get COVID. So I started doing the tech jobs and, you know, I talked to my manager. I was like, Hey, you know, someone was leaving, a tech was leaving. So I took the opportunity and said, Hey, you know, I want to learn this job. Would you take a chance on me? And, you know, let me start off as a tech and just let me train as I go. And, you know, they trusted me enough to, to give me a shot. So I've been, been a tech, I think going on two years now, or so it's, it's a, like, it's a year and, and some change. Uh, two years sounds like too much, but I'm not, I'm not, I can't really like these past couple of years have just been, you know, they all mesh together. So I don't even know what is what anymore. So, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's been interesting because, you know, this whole writer strike thing is interesting because of, you know, coming off of COVID and, and it feels like, like we went through that and, it, you know, the model of a lot of things ha- has changed of the way that, that pre- you know, post-production goes and how, how people work remotely and, and the different programs that we use for, you know, for them remotely, um, is my grandfather. And then, um, you know, now we're going into this kind of thing and, uh, just, I'll just get right into it unless you want to ask me any more questions. I'll, I'll just kind of. No, I mean, if if you want, I guess we could start, we could dive into it. We know that, you you know, this writer's strike has been pretty much a long time coming. Last one we saw, I think, was in 08, 09. It lasted a year. And that was the year of, like, some of the worst TV and movies we've ever seen. Most notable heroes. Heroes. (laughs) We had the, the gas year for Community. That was another really big one that, like, literally poked fun at the fact that there was no writers there was i forgot there was a marvel movie that was made during that time too that ended up sucking if you were talking about 0809 i i can't really say because all those movies are you talking about like marvel in general not like marvel studios yeah just marvel in general i can't even tell Mm -hmm. you but anyway regardless yeah maybe so in that time it was a black hole for cinema and movies and it's been building ever since because there hasn't been any significant change since then. Now, with COVID and all these other things that have happened, the economy of the U.S., you know, pretty much being in the tank right now, um, inflation's at an all-time high. You know, we aren't seeing enough, I guess, pay increases to kind of bridge that gap, especially when you get into the writers. And, you know, there's a lot to be said. We know, we've covered it on the average day's podcast but there's a lot to be said with um royalties and how that's kind of cut up nowadays it's not like mm-hmm. sitcoms back in the 80s like with the introduction of streaming it's kind of really disrupted everything and really you know it, it's hit the writers kind of the hardest in their pockets because they're not making nearly as much as they would be you know without the advent of streaming forcing them to take on more projects and have kind of mm-hmm. like a more volatile um position as a writer now with that rob you can go ahead and and get into like the background and like the the stuff going on with the studio and all that yeah so uh with my job uh 
specifically, and I, I believe this is across the board with Post, it's contracted, right? So it's per. Mm-hmm. It's usually per project. Yeah. So and you're saying this is not like with all post production in general is what you mean, right? Yeah. Yes. From what from my experience, what I believe, like I think mm-hmm. there are in house a lot of in house things that happen, you know. Um, but for the most part, there's a lot of different pieces of a project that could end up in different places. You know, there could be yeah. uh, finishing might get done um, at one place where audio might get done at another place and editing could get done, you know, in a, in a totally different place. It just, it, it's, it's a lot of like real estate where mm-hmm. the rates, you know, cause they're renting out space with equipment, um, for a certain, a significant amount of time, whatever. So that gives you kind of the model of what my kind of experience is with projects individually. Um, so, with everything at first, when, when it was being said that it was coming, you know, and we were kind of trying to prepare for it, it was like, all right, this is about to happen. So you can't really, from my point of view, like there's nothing that I could do in my position that could like prepare or, yeah. you know, you know, it, it's all about the sake, like the sales, you know, they have to make sure they get projects and land projects. Uh, so that has, that entails relationships with producers and, and, you know, uh, things of that, that nature. So you're so just, luckily, you're pretty much there for the ride. You know, you, you're just waiting yeah, for, for these things to come exactly. in. That's not, yeah, exactly. Which, you know, it, essentially when it, and I just want to start by saying, you know, I, I believe that the writers are deserve what they're asking for. And, you know, I don't, I'm not against anything, you know, uh, what they're, they're trying. What I will say is I do have my theories and opinions about the industry as a whole that's affecting the writers and, you know, just the whole, everything that's going on, which I'll say for the end, you know, we could just kind of talk, uh, but specifically, you know, it, it came to a point where it was like, okay, because they can't, everything that's currently in production or that's going to go into production has to halt. That significantly like just drains everybody because mm-hmm. it's affecting now at this point, it's affecting a lot of people across, you know, various different companies all these different places and that's kind of where the model of where my job you know it's not ideal you know because it's a private company so it's like if we're not getting work you know nobody gets paid you know i'm saying nobody gets paid and, and there's nothing we could do um so you know in that regard it is a little frustrating because it's like man i like i said i went through covid and when it seemed like okay, you know, what are we going to do? It, it, the whole model got changed and catered to that situation. But a situation like this, it's like, we can't do anything. You know, we, we don't have, like right now we we're like literally finishing up uh, certain projects. Mm-hmm. So at this point we're actually, you know, seeing all these projects winding down. And once, once these are done, reality TV is the only thing that's keeping us kind of afloat right now uh, because we have a very significant 
contract with Viacom. So, you know, they have a, a high turnover rate of reality TV shows that luckily we get to work with. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's a little scary because our hope is, or what I keep telling myself is September is, is when, if it doesn't get figured out by September, mm-hmm. if it goes past September, then, then I'll be out of a job. Oh, really? So it's like that. Yeah. It's that significant. I, I'm pretty, yes, 100%. 100%. Because we're not taking on, we have no new revenue mm-hmm. after all these projects end. So, you know, it's a little scary. And, and, you know, what I was saying, you know, before it's like with COVID, it was like, okay, the situation happened, we adjusted, and then yeah. things were able to keep going. Because we have to be in solidarity with the writers. We can't, no one could work. Nobody could do anything. So that causes significant delays. It causes a lot of just, you know, like across the board, everything right now with that industry is, it's not looking great, but for the little guy, you know what I'm saying? We're the ones that's kind of hurting, which is unfortunate, you know, because, you know, at the end of the day, and this is this is kind of again my own interpretation of everything as a whole. Actors cannot continue to make the type of money that they're making to do this, these types of jobs and to do these these types of movies, because what's happening is we have seen across you know all these you know a few years now we're in 2023. We have seen a lot of flops. Mm-hmm. In the in in the theaters, and it goes back to the experience. You know what I mean? Like the theater is not the same. People don't don't look at a movie theater the same way that they were. You know, and and who knows who knows what what would would have happened if COVID wasn't a thing. But you know, as as a whole, you know, I was watching a um, a Cronenberg film the other day. A his, uh, history of violence mm-hmm. right and it's a it's a great movie and i'm i'm like wow this is a, you know this is an awesome movie and i'm not sure what year it came out but i couldn't help but to think to myself right how could they have advertised this movie 2005 just to let you know so 2000 in 2005 right think about the marketing from that time how were they able to say okay this is what the movie's about and we're going to convince people to go see it aside from maybe the actors that were in it, the the director, but it's not one of those films where it's, it's like going to be like, Oh my gosh, I got to go see this movie. So how do you, how do you translate, translate that to today? And how do you set realistic expectations to, match the logistics for all the money that goes into these productions because you can't, you're not, you're not getting it off a of star star power alone. You no. know, now you have controversy and, and publicity, you know, like they say, bad publicity, publicity is publicity is, uh, could always help. But, you know, even now today, which we're, we're seeing with a certain film is still not good enough to bring it to that, that goal or that, that amount of money that they need to say, okay, this is a a success. Yeah. It's just not happening. So 
now you bring it down to a scale with the writers and it's like, okay, we got to pay them for today, for tomorrow, for a year from now, for 10 years. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the whole, the whole conversation streaming in the music industry is not, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So now you're talking about that's that's for one person. So now you're talking about a, a team of people of having to pay them royalties and and it's just not sustainable if you're if you're paying actors, you know, millions of dollars to just be in this project, you know? And you know, I just feel like the structure of you know, of Hollywood and 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 film and TV needs a whole revamp. It needs a whole, you know, it's got it's gonna get bad before it can get better. You know what I mean? Um yeah. yeah. So yeah, that that's that's where I'm at, you know, with this. I was gonna say you mentioned the music industry. I was gonna I it's funny you said that because I thought of I saw something the other day. I don't know if I sent it to you, Justin, but you know <laughs> back in the day when we hear like dope top 10 music music song pieces we think of like mm-hmm. Joe Collins right he's not a pretty <laughs> exactly he's not a pretty face but nowadays you need to have a pretty face be a boy or girl or man or woman whatever to sell that thing it's also like a visual or sex appeal or whatever it was another like i i'm butchering the entire video that i saw but it showed this guy and the guy basically joked like how this guy looks like a sexual predator, but his music <laughs> is fire. So imagine that guy uh, or someone that looked like a sexual predator now made this dope piece and he wouldn't be able to sell that. Um, there was another thing that I saw where is this guy who's like world famous violinist. He did a social experiment. He played his own original piece, which is worth money. Uh, in a subway station. I don't know if it was New York. Did I you saw see this. That? Yeah. And then I was mm-hmm. just like, wow, like no one paid it. So he made, I think, $30 for a day. And it, it's funny because it, it goes to show like all these, again, actors, writers, just entire structure minus like the rich people. They're not being looked at, you know? And you mentioned uh, his history of violence. The other Viggo Morrison movie that I, I really like, Eastern Promises, which was two years after that. Like movies like that, I can't mm-hmm. remember trailers like that. And I, he has, he doesn't have the star power of like some, like he has star power, especially around the Lord of the Rings time. But when you hear Viggo Morrison, it's like, oh, I would like to see that movie, but it's not the same. Cause it's like, if he does a movie now, it's like, is it, is it a Marvel movie? Is it a DC movie? If, I, if mm-hmm. I saw Viggo Morrison's name attached to a project, it would probably make me not want to go see that movie. Why do you say that? Because I think he's so like in the zeitgeist, right? Yes. He's so far removed from what people would deem an attractive actor, like not attractive in as in like a physical sense, but he I don't think he has that star power to attract fans you know to is? come see his movie. I think that's where people will start to separate. So like someone like me who's into movies, mm-hmm. I would go see that movie because I know he's a good actor. So like, and exactly. If yes. you know someone's a good actor, I will go see that movie. Now, mm-hmm. Chris Evans is a good actor, but he's also has that star power. But I don't think he has. I don't think if I had to choose Viggo Morrison or Chris Evans, I would have to choose Viggo Morrison. Even though 
I like Chris Evans. And then also he plays my favorite, like how to remove the bias. Now it's like Anthony Mackie <laughs> right. said, and it's just superheroes that are the name. It's like, remember we were recording like episodes ago and we yeah. were just like, what's, what's uh Falcon's name? What's fine. And then we we're like, Oh, and I had to yeah. look it up real quick. I was like, it was on the tip of our tongue. And we're like, Anthony Mackie, like we're forgetting these people because they're not even, they're not even people anymore. That's another thing I was going to, you know, I noticed as well. It's like, you know, we're constantly seeing the same people attached to these projects. And, you know, I think a lot of what went into the magic of like a movie being good. Right. And and it's not just a movie being good, but a movie that kind of was already against the odds. Yeah. You know, it was like, if there's a hungry actor attached to it where they had to audition and they had to go through X, Y, and Z. And, and now they're really like, like they went through the ringer. So now they, that they're playing this part, it's like, they're going to play that part as if it's their last. Yeah. You know, so it, and, and not the Robert to say Downey that Jr. effect, you know, like it's, that's exactly what it is. Like somebody right. on the brink of ex- obscurity and death coming back and like giving it their all and, you know, really shifting their world. Yep. You know, look at Nicolas Cage. Look how he just came out of, you know, came out of nowhere with all these films. And, you well, know, I mean, you it can was argue like, that Nicolas Cage, he never went anywhere. We just weren't looking for him. Exactly. Because he was walling out. He was walling out. And during that time where like he took a hiatus from being the big name, he was still making tons of projects. Yeah, they were always it's just projects. And or like yeah, they were streaming or direct to video. Right. And yeah, it's if you're yes. looking at Nick Cage, it's funny because then you have the Zeitgeist kind of it's like Zeitgeist will tend to bring back things. Like, for example, uh this is just one aspect of it, like how I met your mother brought back uh, the Karate Kid, both actors in their show, yep. kind of br- brought it to mind. You know, that's a trickle effect. And look at now, we have the uh, Cobra Kai TV show. Like, things like that yeah. bring back nostalgia. And you'll kind of talk about, you talked about how we're, we're uh, the movie the movie magic now is not the same. The, the, mm-hmm. the beast is like, nostalgia is the thing. So it's just about making money. And we all, and yeah, all but, the time. but the crazy thing about Cobra Kai, though, is you have young, hungry actors and actresses that are like... It's a double-edged sword, though. You know... It's a double-edged sword. But, like, but remember, that show that show only got big because Billy Zapka, right? He put his money and time and effort because he was mm-hmm. a very obscure actor at that point. Yeah. He did those those guest star moments with the, like How I Met Your Mother. I'm sure he might have done other things. Yeah, for sure. But mm-hmm. then he put out a YouTube show that nobody cared about realistically in the very beginning that was a youtube original show Mm -hmm. after it got picked up because he was working on it prior to it being a youtube original and then that cult following kind of like snowballed into being a bigger deal so Mm -hmm. when we talk about the zeitgeist being like nostalgic driven it's very true and you know what i like to think about is like kind of like the last action hero with arnold schwarzenegger that movie yeah talks about you know the dip in cinema around the early 90s so because there was so much other stuff going on right early 90s the advent of like i don't want to say the advent of uh tape cassettes because they were already around but it was more so the accessibility and so many things being like flooding the market which is what we're seeing Mm -hmm. yeah what we're seeing now you know the access to everything is just unlimited 
You know, it's we have so many options where there's so many shows and movies that come out just in streaming services alone that either get, you know, too much notice or not enough. There's so many shows <laughs> that, you know, everyone gravitates to, you know, your Game of Thrones of the Worlds or your, you know, Successions. I know those are HBO stuff, but then you get like Ted Lasso on Apple, uh, Apple TV and Yellow Jackets on Hulu and, you know, for the 10 people that watch it, Carnival Row on Amazon Prime. Like, it's like that other show that you told me unfortunately got canceled. It was like something Office on Netflix. It was an animated show that got canceled, unfortunately. Oh, oh my God. One of like the best animated shows I've everyone. seen in years, in absolute years. And I watched both seasons and I was so pissed when they got canceled. And it's because Netflix is the canceling machine. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it what like, is it? I'll, let me look it up for, for a moment. Um, but beyond that, what I wanted to say, like, Going back to the Vigo Morrison comment, um, Morrison, Morrison, Morrison yeah. right? Yeah. Going back to that comment, what I mean is like his name does not spark interest right now. It doesn't. It's it's a very it's oh, a I, cold I, harsh I, fact. I get, I get what you're saying too. So, but that being right, the driver for right now, like Anthony Mackie said, there are no more you know actors that play superheroes. It's superheroes that are played by actors. Right. And then same thing with like, I believe Harrison Ford was one that said it like there's no more leading actors. Like you don't go to a mm -hmm. movie now to see an actor like there's exceptions to the rules. Like, you know, you got the cult following of like The Rock. I think The Rock is a really big one. You know, maybe six, seven years ago, it was Kevin Hart when he was in like every movie. Under and the and sun. then there was a point where it was just both of them. So it kind of like, like, yeah. Went their own ways, but I mean, even now it's kind of proving that that's not really the one. The only thing that really surprised me, uh, honestly, and that this is my own personal take is I don't know how Fast Seven did as well as it did, but you know, Be because again, it's, it's like I think it's like what Jay was talking about. Like after a while, the zeitgeist kind of rolls back into itself. So Tokyo Drift was arguably a very low point low point for that uh for that franchise everyone seen tokyo drift why because it was playing on every single cable channel you know for a I million actually years. Love that movie. so you love that movie because it's like it's a fun movie it's not a good movie by any means yeah. it's a fun movie to go watch yeah but it has the heart of the fast like it, 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 yeah, even though it was an sure. thing, yeah, but you're right. It was but still it's true. Not a to good it. It's movie. not a like that. I saw it on TV. I didn't see it. <laughs> I saw it on TV, and I was like, oh, yeah, I enjoyed the movie, but it's not a good. But movie. you know what was a good movie? The very next Fast movie. It built up Fast you, Five. I couldn't so, tell you what happened in that in the one after that, though. You don't need to because the only thing of relevance was that you see Letty get shot at the end, but none of that matters. Because Fast Five was the best one. Fast Five reinvigorated the series. So coming off of Tokyo Drift, they felt the need to reinvent it. They got a little more serious. They kind of got back into cars. Into the then Fast Five happened. Was Fast Once Five Fast when The Five, Rock and him collide and, and fight for the first time? Yeah. When they okay, that, beat themselves so, through walls and stuff? Yeah, that's yes, when that happened. So, <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that made it a good movie. I think that was no, just something. It, it's that not a good movie, movie but that's the other. It's a it's a fun movie, and it's a franchise that has been not technically good, but it has been fun. And now it has the 
the franchise has the power to bring in other actors like, you know, Brie Larson, Jason Momoa, Jason Statham. They bring them in and the people that like them and they make fun movies too. Like Jason Statham, like was Transporter a good movie? No. Was it super fun? Hell yeah. Did everyone see Transporter 2? Remember, you gotta, there's that line, there's that line between. It brings us people in. That was a PSP classic. (laughs) I had to double back. (laughs) There's that line between good movie and fun movie. Like, if we take it back a bit, um, and again, I always want to take it back to the machine. And the mach- whenever I say the machine, I'm talking about like Hollywood's unnecessary uh, want for more money. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, oh, I thought you were talking about the the Christian Bale movie. No, 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 no. Uh, but that that no. is a good movie. That is a good movie. <laughs> but we're not going to get movies like that. And then you got those tryhards that try to make movies like that they end up on YouTube or they do a short and it's, it's one of those things that, so let me, yeah. so I think, I think this is a good question to ask you guys. Cause I'm very curious. Crazy. Right? We're supposed to ask you questions, but go ahead. I know. Yeah. But, but I no, mean, no, I, before we go into to, that, before we get into that, I'm sorry. The series that I was talking about is called inside job. There we go. Thank you. Okay. But keep going. so, so right now, right. The, the top, the big thing is, Barbie, Oppenheim, Oppenheimer, and Mission Impossible, yeah. mm-hmm. right? In in y'all's opinion, I know I know Justin is a little biased because he wants to see Barbie. He's excited about Barbie, but no, no. What, which? How do you how do you convince me to see any of those three movies? You, you don't. know what I'm saying? You don't. So what marketing does? You are going to align yourself with whatever you like. So what a lot of things are doing, right? Oppenheimer and Barbie, uh, they're sharing the opening day. Mm-hmm. They are not competing against each other because they're so radically different. Yeah. So, but you have people that are into movies. I'm going to see I'm gonna, all three of those I'm movies. I'm going to see all three as well. Yeah. Like, but I'm going to go see them because I want different things out of them. Mm-hmm. Oppenheimer, I'm going for a historical piece of serious cinema and it's all where Nolan. I'm going to sit there Nolan. and I, yeah, and it's it's Christopher Nolan. I'm going there to like be rocked by the power of cinema. For Barbie, that I'm going for a fun time with a concept that seems well executed and very well written. Director, and you're, it's made you're for our like. Too. Yeah, and I'm aware of the director, right? It's it's made for mm-hmm. our generation also. It's made for guys and girls that grew up with this to poke fun at what came before and I'm sure to mm-hmm. relaunch whatever's going to come next. Mission yeah. Impossible is a fun movie a la like, you know, fast franchise where it's super over the top action, you know, the thing that separates it is the stunts are usually insane and tom cruise does all of them i wouldn't put in the same boat as fast but yeah sure it's more serious and you it's a more technical movie but it's still i I thought the last one was good i thought six was good what uh yeah mission impossible and i saw it in the and i wanted to get to that later you can't convince me to come to go see this one i i i personally i don't i don't think there's anything in it that i'm like really excited to see yeah and i feel like it's because of like i couldn't tell you what the ongoing story of mission impossible yeah. is to lead me to be like oh i need to know what happens next exactly. 
You know what I'm saying? You know what it is? That's, and that's they're following for that. after the, the, you know, the Marvel stuff. Because Marvel makes sense. It's, it is a big world. Even though it can get worse and worse over time, or lukewarm over time, it still has a connecting, like, oh, this is doing these things. Like, the Infinity Saga, perfect. If you gave me just that again, for, like, let's say I raced my mind, and I would be happy with that. You know what I mean? Lightning don't strike twice, though. No, no, I'm saying if, if, I, if my mind was wiped and you gave me, like, it would still hold on its own. But what I'm trying to say right. is there's a point in time where, for example, this is, and I said this is Justin in many episodes ago, Fast Franchise had an out, but they got greedy. It, to me, anything mm-hmm. after Paul Walker is, is just trying to make money. I think it yeah, would have been respectful. 100%. And again, I think it was respectful to stop the movie. You know, the, oh, I think he would have wanted us to continue BS. Like, you don't know what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. Then, I'm sorry I had to say that, but he's gone. If they left yeah. it at that, and maybe if you gave me one more movie, fine. But then any more after that, we poked fun of the fact that they're going to make a triple X movie. Mm-hmm. You can get so you can keep making movies where you're still Mission Impossible, or you become the Fast franchise. <laughs> Mission Impossible still has a large following. This is just talking about following, not talking about good movie aspect. Now, for me, now let's take it back with the new franchise, John Wick. I would have been fine with the way it ended. If you guys, I don't want to spoil. Uh, uh, the fourth I movie. haven't finished four yet. Okay. I, I, I have I'd say to see the way four. it ends. I have to finish it. Would have been perfect, but there's talks of. Another one. I've heard Keanu Reeves says, I'll do another one if the fans want it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that, see, I don't so want to So apparently it's already, it's already in pre-production. And yeah, and that's what's very annoying to me. So it's like, I don't want it to get to a point where it's like, you become Fast and Furious, you can become Fast and Furious, or you can become a Mission Impossible. And mm-hmm. right now, like, I haven't seen any of the fact. Like, the last movie I saw was where Paul Walker drifts off into the distance. That was my last movie. Didn't see Shaw, mm-hmm. Hobbs and Shaw. And I was like, whatever. Mm-hmm. The moment you got the rock pushing a uh, nuclear weapon, I know it's it's fictional, but like, come on. And I know yeah. it's just uh, and it, it it just it just seems like it seems like these movies are personal, you know, and it's not fan service. Like it it seems like like Vin Diesel is the one running the show. Like, it's oh, his yeah, personal yeah. thing. And it, and it, it, it comes off as a little just, disingenuous. Yeah, he's just, exactly. So I don't, I wouldn't use the word personal. I would say he's the one running the show, as you said. Like, I, it's, it's yeah, just but like, he's, I'm he's just projecting his own, he's projecting his own, like, like, you know, and, and I think this goes across the board for why a lot of people have issues with certain franchises and certain stories adaptations right like there's probably and and not even probably there is people that like writers right that probably say this is what we think is how the story should go and then there's the producers which is probably like a vin diesel that's saying well why don't we do this and then they have to agree with what he's saying. He's the, yeah, that's and the then you have turn. a totally different. Now you have a totally different story. 100%. You know, and I think that's what happens with Marvel. I think it's what happened with Sony. I think that there's somebody in the room that's saying, uh, "I think we should do it like this," and they have to agree with their with that person to to keep their job, pretty much. Absolutely, that's when the suits uh, get their hands in on it, right? We talk <laughs> yeah, about this all the suits, time. 
it's it's not i don't think it's always a suit you know what i mean no, like, it, like it, yes, it's just the person it it's the person that holds those titles because yeah, that's what we mean specifically specifically with vin diesel he did that in the last fast movie he made justin lee justin long yeah, justin, yeah. justin lee he made him yeah justin long's la- the actor he made justin lee quit on purpose like that was a mm-hmm. measured executed action because he didn't get along with what he was doing now is that why the movie did really terrible critically absolutely because vin diesel played prima donna and cried mm-hmm. until he got his way because he's not only the leading man but the head producer on the fast franchise but yeah. what you neglect to see is that justin lee resurrected this franchise yep. he went right, away right. for what i think two and three or maybe just three and then he came back and he was he was the driving force be to, behind the success of the newer ones mm-hmm. so you know when somebody cries too much and the studio is forced to, you know, make something drastic happen. You know, it's sometimes the wrong thing to do. Now you get, you get to see that in other studios, like you mentioned, right? Like Sony and Marvel, Sony specifically second Venom movie, the, um, the Morbius movie. Now this freaking Craven movie. Now I wholeheartedly believe there's a cut of the Morbius movie that makes it watchable. There was a mm-hmm. lot of things in I'm that good. movie Watch. that were, yeah, watchable. Because right now it's terrible. But I don't think it was terrible. I don't. I wouldn't say it was terrible. It wasn't good. But what I will say is, hold on. What I will say is, Look, like I can, what I'll I what this, I enjoyed about Flash it is not a good movie. But if I had to choose either that or Morbius, you best believe I'm choosing Flash. I always use my girl as like a meter, and if she could mm-hmm. sit through one and not the other, that's how I know. And she mm-hmm. sat through, she was invested in Morbius. I'm not saying that that was a good movie, but mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, all I'm saying is Morbius did things right with the CGI, the look. I think, I think Jared Leto was a good, like he looked the part. Yeah. And yeah. if it, to me, these movies always have a villain problem. And well, it's yeah. always the same. It's always the same. Like they, they it's always a, a an alternate version of the the anti-hero that is the villain. So you get the same person fighting each other pretty much. Yeah. And it's like, and and for, for Sony to try to think that they could get away with that, like that's wrong too. Oh yeah. Because I, 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 you know, my issues with the flash was, it's just (laughs) like, I can't, I can't imagine, right? I can't fathom. Literally, I cannot fathom how DC has literally the blueprint for all their movies and they choose to ignore it every single time. They are so successful with their animated films that it's like, how in the hell can you mess this up? And as we will say, the suits, but we'll get to that in a bit. But what I was going to say as well, we keep talking about these major players and I kind of want to take it back to like the writers as well. Cause when it comes to the flash, the Morbius is it's, it's me. I'm in like this, I don't want to say cult, this group in, in the comic world. When like, when it comes to him, one thing we say the same for our stuff, we create our own stuff and we control that stuff. 
you if DC mm-hmm. if Warner Brothers came knocking my door right now and said, "Yo, we want to make you want to we want you to make another Batman movie," I could write it, but it's not going to be the same thing I wrote. So that is a problem there, and I believe uh, you know they will just pay me that one time fee. I'm, I'm not going to make that money when it mm-hmm. makes billions of dollars. It kind of reminds me yeah. of the creator of uh, Winter Soldier. Yes, he's not the creator of Bucky Barnes, but he created the Winter Soldier. He got a five thousand dollar stipend. And he was just put in the movie. He didn't get anything in mm-hmm. royalties from that. Because you know what? It belongs to this big machine. Then it be- the big machine being Marvel Studios, Disney, and then there's Hollywood. There, and there was, there's that dis- disparity. Like, it doesn't, it, it affects a lot of people in between and this big burger sandwich of a Hollywood. And then like, if we're, I'm mean, including you in that, you're at the, the bottom end of this big sandwich, but you're not seeing any of it. And then let's say these, these jobs, you know, you said by September, if nothing happens, you're out of a job. It's affecting a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming across, I'm, I was look, going through Vulture right now. And, you know, there are people that live here in New York, not making any money, uh, especially from streaming. Mm-hmm. And they came and afford their apartment. You know, in my, in my eyes growing up, it's not even growing up in college. I thought like, you know, I just got to make, I got to work hard, be a writer. And I, I think I'll mm-hmm. make it. But these people are struggling. Right, you know yeah. the. I don't know how Stranger Things is, but I know the two guys created it. But I'm sure it's not just them. So, mm-hmm. and I and on top of that, you got to remember, like the people that are struggling, like in New York and stuff, like they're the they're top players. Like there are big yeah. names in the industry. You know, it's not like somebody who wrote an indie script seven years ago. No. These are active people that mm-hmm. have been working with big studios for years. Yes. They can't afford apartments. But there are lucky you know? ones too as well. So that you got the people yeah. that when streaming came in and then you got the people who had um, uh, cable TV. So Friends, if you mm-hmm. are a writer on Friends, you're making bank right now. But if you're a writer on, let's say, How I Met Your Father, you're not making money because the difference between the How I Met Your Mother and How I Met Your Father show is that that plays all the time on TV. Same with Friends. You got mm-hmm. Seinfeld. You got uh, The Office. That's another one. Mm-hmm. But they're not. They're barely getting anything when um, it's played on streaming. It's like and and it's just the nature of the yes. But it's the nature of the beast. You know, like like you can't like uh, so. W- what's a little upsetting for me personally, and I can imagine that some of the people that you're referring to, it's like. It's so hard to just get to that point and then to get to that point mm-hmm. and then for things like this to happen, it's it's frustrating because it's like now, you know, I'm pinned up against like, okay, do I want to be successful? What is being successful going to actually mean to me now? Do I need to completely change careers? Like, you know, I put, I put a lot of time into getting to where I'm at, like, you know, or, or where I want to go. And, you know, what I will say is the silver lining to this whole thing is really great. You know, the other side of the strike is really great because I will be in work. I will have too much work. They'll probably have to hire people because we won't be able to to handle the capacity. But it's like, okay, now how long am I actually going to wait to that point? You know, You're talking about so, like having places like like yours, right? The uh, the post production places and stuff. How long can they survive 
off of exactly. you know, whatever whatever scraps they have and savings mm-hmm. like how long can they can they hold out because in reality you know you guys are one of many across the country right you guys are pretty big so you, you guys have a, a decent chance but there will be casualties of war right like there will be studios yeah. that shut down because they cannot afford to mm-hmm. stay open or to stay around until the end of the 100%. strike happens you know and 100%. we're from what i've been reading and seeing it's forecasted to go until august so yeah you're, you're talking about you know your studio saying like if it doesn't finish in september and then you know whatever forecast is saying is, is august we got a one month time frame that's pretty like mm-hmm. it's down to the wire so yeah 100 seeing things like that and um not only seeing like kind of your perspective and and uh you know i guess a little bit further down the ladder rungs as you go right now the the person who receives that end product being the consumer now what is that going to look like for them so the next year of content that people are going to be consuming they you know they can reference the 2008 2009 writer strike it will mm-hmm. be terrible like there will be things that are not good now I guess you can kind of call it a, you know, bittersweet thing because since there are so many options nowadays, like there will, like statistically speaking, there will be something for you to watch, but like, you know, there's so many things that can happen with consumers. And we were talking about the zeitgeist, how like, you know, the nostalgia machine is very real. And, you know, I guess the social media landscape really are the things that kind of tell you what you can't miss. So where's that trajectory going to go? So, you know, this is in this next, you know, eight months to a year, you got this crapshoot of what's going to be the next thing and what are people going to lock into? Well, what I will say is what I personally, I think there's this, this so far of this year, I feel like has been some of the best shows that I've Mm -hmm. seen. Like, um, you know, uh, so I, I, I think there's, there's enough content where like, I, I can give you a recommendation right now that I'm sure you guys haven't seen mm-hmm. and you'll be able to start that whenever you start that. But I think it's just more of, you know, for us, yeah, it's going to be like, oh, well, you know, there might be a gap in things, but in reality, it's hard to actually really perceive because now the way I'm looking at it, right? Let's say Anthony Mackie, right? For example, if they were filming Captain America and they had to stop and now they're prolonging it, right? That whatever that contract is going to overlap into whatever next project he had. So now they're going to have to decide, okay, do we keep Anthony Mackie or do we replace him? Like he's, he's going to be doing Marvel until this time. So, you know, like that whole star power thing, that's when you run it now is running into actually, it's, it's actually going to run into a problem because mm-hmm. you can't, then there's only one person. No. Yeah. So how, how do you get around? Okay. Well, we needed, you know, this person for this production, but now that, you know, Marvel is a contractual, you know, contract beast. Like you can't just say, Oh, well I had to go film this whole other project. Like, I, so I can't imagine how it's going to mess up their money and their schedules. And it's just going to domino. Like, you know, at this point I told, you know, my fiance, I was like, look, and, and for somebody that works in the industry, like I, I probably shouldn't have this opinion, but I just want to see 
Spider-Verse end and I'm good. I just want to live to oh, see yeah. that movie finish. Yeah. That, and that's and that's the thing. It's it's okay, yes, you're in it for the money. Everyone's in it for the money, but it's like give me an end. Give me because when you stop it, that means you cared about the movie. A lot of people will be like, I wish I want more, but it's like you can't keep giving people more. Because we we no. got it with Marvel, but then it's like, I think we're doing a little too much. Like, you know, yeah. I think there was a couple of testing grounds. Like, for example, Moon Knight doesn't really connect whatsoever. Like, there's I, there are probably things that I, does, I don't see any connections, like any hard facts, like, oh, it connects to the Iron see, Man world. I, 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 always feel, I always find this argument funny and entertaining mm. because a lot of people like to argue that that this current phase of Marvel is whack, right? Mm. But they forget how they got to Infinity War and Endgame. It wasn't like the mark, the movies were just hitting. There were a lot of unsuccessful movies before they started no, getting yeah, good. And, and that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm trying to say, like, Moon Knight can stand on its own. Like, for, for example, I don't like Moon Knight. I don't, I don't think it's great. I don't like it. But what I can commend mm-hmm. it is that it holds its own. Like it'd be like it doesn't rely on the Marvel machine. There's another show. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, what if it relies on itself? Obviously, you need to know yeah. other stuff, but it still relies on itself. It's stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a, another point to make, but it, it it's just wild that like again, it's we're getting all these things. Oh, and we we spoke about uh, a few few episodes ago. The nostalgia machine. Disney is like head honcho when it comes to that. I wish mm-hmm. we had the nineties car. Like I miss the two D animation. I love three D. Like the computer generated. The live action is is I I miss the Air Buds. Like you know I give me the, the mighty. Ducks. But you know what? The only the only thing that so so. My advice to people that seek that type of content, right? is the good thing about the time that we live in now is there's somebody like you that has made that exactly what you're looking for. You just got to find them. Oh yeah. hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's the, you know, I feel like we're, we're, it, it, it sucks because, you know, the way that the, everything is kind of like, uh, working right now, it's like, you know, brick and mortar is done, but, Brick and mortar is where you get that good service. You get that personal experience. You get that, you know, warm and fuzzy feeling. So I have a question for you. you. Know? Yeah. How do you ahead. feel with this writer strike going on? There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes when it comes to, we mentioned it earlier with technology. How do you feel about mm-hmm. AI? Like being part of this, this machine? I mean, look, what I can say about AI is, you know, it's, it's so far out of our control at this point that I can't even have my opinion is like, you know, I, I, I can't even, what can I say? You know what I'm saying? Because it's so, we're so far along with it already where it's kind it was like, it's, it's like so many of these, these things, you know, it's like softly introduced and, you know, chat GPT went viral, but it was like, they probably already had things like that that existed before chat GPT became a more, you know, Accessible. household yeah. or, or viral thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like, you know, to, to think that they're not going to use it is, is, um, naive. Yeah. I can share. Yeah. yeah. And I, my, my, 
my response to your 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 answer is I agree in the sense that I can sit here and you know bitch and moan all day and be like ah I hope they don't use it, but they are now. My problem no, is, they is, are. It's kind of like the quote unquote like you know, robots are going to take over our jobs. Speaking, if you're looking at the McDonald's aspect, like we already got kiosks mm-hmm. in there. All I have to do is walk in, go to the kiosk, and order my food. One person or two people behind the counter just got to give me my food. They don't even, we don't even have to talk, which again, we're becoming uh, auto- auto- uh, autonomous. 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 Yeah. We're just becoming autonomous mm-hmm. with that. I am all for the fact that they, you use chat GPT. And, uh, or the AI for whatever the term may be, if you use the AI for creating shows, but then it's like, what happens is, you know, you got eight people in a room that used to write these great TV shows back the wire, you know, classics. Now mm-hmm. it's down to three or two with a robot. So my idea, and mm-hmm. this is like my mental fantasy on how things work is, you know, you got the head honcho hitting three buttons and saying, create a show that blah, 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 this and that. It gives you this generic story and then basically these writers, and I'm assuming they they have to be good at their job. You can't just have anyone have to be able to mm-hmm. edit, make this work, make it flow and make it make sense. Because AI doesn't make mm-hmm. sense all the time. Sometimes they produce gold, but it's like, oh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. So I get it. Because like, right, I, would right, like 100%. Be, I would like to work as far, work really hard to get to a point where I could work with a robot. Because then that means my, my, my work is valued because then that at this point you're not a writer you're an editor for a robot because it's not mm-hmm. it's not naturally your idea you know what i mean so the problem and this gets into like the philosophical stuff and i don't i am not in the room with these negotiations but it's like who owns the rights to these these ideas does the robot does the person who edited it or does the company there's a lot of moving factors here look Again, I think the word here is naive, right? You can't be naive to mm-hmm. to anything at this point. Yes. Because just as, as you're saying what you're saying about it, right? There's there's another person that's already working with it or working against it that they will still be successful. You have you just have to find ways of of being successful in what you do. Yeah. And I think the issue is if you're going to talk about background stuff, you're going to talk about things that we don't even know about, you know, there's likely, you know, not all these writers could be the top writers, you know, now it's, it's more competitive, which, you know, it's like every industry is going to go through its changes. Everything in in our, our lives are going to go through its changes and it's up to a person to ask themselves, okay, well, how bad do I want to, be a part of this or how bad, you know, not everybody can look at things like that with that type of lens. And, you know, I, I just believe that, you know, what's unfortunate about this situation is I can, you know, I don't want to say too much, but I just feel as if some people could see something like this and, and they could be deflated and they could just be defeated. And that's, that's how you could see businesses and certain things start to just fall. It's funny you say that. And succumb to something like that. I'll let Justin say what he needs to say. I'll I'll come back to that. So one of the, one thing that I want to bring up, and it kind of encompasses like the last three points that we've been talking about here. So AI being used in shows and stuff, movies, it's already happening whether we like it or not. 
right? The intro to Secret Invasion was done completely by an art AI generator. Unfortunately. Um, one of the most viral things going around right now is the AI-generated um, Family Guy that's streaming on Twitch. It's 3D models of Family Guy, it's, and they're creating episodes in real time. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's, you know, really crazy. You know, it's gotten Ooh. in trouble for, like, uh, I believe, like, racial slurs and stuff because it's super unedited and unfiltered. It's just pulling ideas. So that's another thing that's happening. On top of stuff like when we talk about AI, we have to talk about the real thing of like, you know, creating multiples of one person. Spoke about it with the whole Anthony Mackey thing. He's only one person for now. Because mm-hmm. if we can bring back Paul Walker from the dead and just have his brother, you know, as a body double and CG his face for the next fast movie, like now we're getting into murkier territories of like who owns what, like you were saying before. Mm-hmm. Now there's so many applications. Basically, exhuming a body, we, like we own this. Yeah. Like, do it's like, do we own Paul Walker or do we own the body? It gets into like the. It basically yeah, becomes Blade you know, Runner. Yes, and it's unfortunately it could be a thing of like the estate. Paul Walker's estate is mm-hmm. in charge of his likeness and all that. Same thing with like Michael Jackson. Any dead celebrity. They keep putting out music because the estate is allowing it to happen because of things mm-hmm. that were never finished. So, with that being said, right, we are living in a time before that all becomes a reality. Yeah. Now, with that being said, you know, we were talking about Disney for a moment a couple of seconds ago. They are the big nostalgia machine and they will continue to be because right now, whether we like it or not, they're going to continue putting out these uh, these remakes, right? The remasters, uh, not the remasters, the um, live action remakes. Yeah, Dis- so, Disney's is like I I don't think they have anything to worry about because yeah, no, they, have they are to so worry far about, ahead. I think because it's like you got people like us that are like quote unquote trashing like oh there's they're not making anything original. I trash Hollywood in general for not making anything original. No. But you're right, Disney's chilling. They they they're. They got their own castle. They're no pun intended. Dis- Disney, you know, I had I had this this saying that I was telling a lot of people, you know, that I work with, and I think the reason why the the industry is struggling so hard, and I may be wrong, you know, this is just what I'm thinking in my head, but for a lot of the time, Disney was kind of paving like the model where everybody was like, okay, yeah, if we do this, it'll work, and they were struggling. In COVID, during COVID, they were struggling hard with Disney yeah. Plus, like, and you know, trying to get the the, the premium, um, mm-hmm. the premium, you know, whatever they did with thirty dollars, like, yeah, yeah, like that. That it just wasn't working. So, but, and this is just, I don't want to throw it out there to start a frenzy and everything. But what I will say is, Disney's partnership with Apple is ridiculous. Yeah, remind me of that. Like, right? I don't think anybody is prepared for what Disney is going to do with Apple and that that headset that they put out. Oh, yes, that, yes, yes. Okay, thank you. I was like, with yeah. what partnership? I was like, yes. So, so, yeah, with that, the reason I brought it up is because, you know, what we see is, like, lack of originality. There's so many more moving pieces in the back end. Now, what I think, cinema and tv that landscape where i think that's really gonna go is with this kind of strike and um you know inevitably they're talking about the actor strike also 
different SAG members have already gone on strike. They're talking That's about a whole um, other beasts. That's a whole. I'm, Maris- I'm, I'm like so afraid of that. Y'all even have, you have no idea. <laughs> and big players are now entering the ring. Like literally today, I saw Meryl Streep commented on it that she has her mind. Like once the union, you know, signs off, they're going. Harrison Ford said the same thing as well. So we have these big contenders that are going to be going that way. With these strikes, and uh, me and Jay talked about it before, the good thing, you know, quote unquote, that can come from that is more indie developers. So people that make small projects that literally you have nowhere else to look. So you're going to find these things. Same reason Mm -hmm. in like COVID streaming, streaming video games and stuff like that hit an all time high because that's what was going on. That was the content that was readily available for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing during COVID with like sports. People were literally watching streams of people playing 2K to like mimic the season that they were missing out mm-hmm. on. So yeah. when we get to these places, m- the indie developer gets pushed forward. When the indie developer gets pushed forward, we see a resurgence. So Disney in the 90s, arguably the worst time of their life. What saved them was the Disney Renaissance. Disney Renaissance, including Lion King, Pocahontas, um, you know, I guess all the way through, you know, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, yeah, ending around like early 2000s. Yeah, ending around like Lilo and Stitch time. So that was their saving grace. And some of the biggest projects they had were done by like their B teams, right? The two that I just named, Pocahontas and Lion King. Disney Animation's A team was on Pocahontas. And that's why we got to see so many different, like, beautiful art stuff. But what's the movie that made the most money, got the awards, and gets re-released every two years? The Lion King. And it was because people were put into a corner where they were like not given a chance. They're like, hey, you can work on this piece of crap. We don't really care about it. So what mm. did those hungry writers do? They made people care about this thing to the point where they couldn't escape it. Elton John yeah. thought that his career was done when he got asked to do this. you know, And he, he wrote the, the soundtrack for The Lion King. And guess what? He won like three awards and made a buttload of money. Same thing with someone like Phil Collins that we spoke about. You know, when you get pushed into a corner and you think you're done, that is when sometimes, you know, the best work can come out of you. So right now, this this strike could lead to something so much more. It could lead to more opportunities. It could lead to more second chances that we can't Mm -hmm. even conceive just yet. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. But then there's also, like, the, the attention of, like, the public is so bizarre at this point in our lives. Yes, <laughs> that you is know, true. Like, right now, the Grimace Shake is trending, and you have all these people creating these videos. Mm-hmm. Like, McDonald's could have never predicted that this would have happened. Now they probably nope. have seen so much sales from this shake because people are literally just going by the shake and then creating this a demonic-ass video of them drinking and it's, the shake. Yeah. It's the dumbest thing ever because all it is is like a purple shake. And if you've seen it, it is one of the laziest things you could imagine. It's like a purple, just a purple shake with some sprinkles in it. And, you know, what I don't understand is when it came out, a Game Boy Color game also dropped. Like, they yeah, licensed yeah. a Game Boy Color game and made yeah. it, and that didn't even pick up that much traction. It's no, people, nothing. like, going crazy with these videos. That first video, and it's so funny because we'll never know who did the first one. 
it's like, but at the same time, it's like that type of stuff is like, you know, I I like it. It's funny. You can never predict it. It's, It's funny. It's good stuff. But it's like, it's here and then it's gone, you know? Yeah, that's like one of the, that's the bittersweet thing about just people in general when it comes to these type of things. Because a couple of things, nowadays people's attention span are short. So you got to make movie mm-hmm. for the, just a two hour movie. Um, you can't have your, uh, what's the longest movie? Was it, uh, uh, not Citizen Kane. What's that? Gone with yeah, the Wind? Gone, you got the Gone with the Wind. Four the, hours? The, the Titanics, the Avengers, and all the, like, you... Oh, Ten Commandments? Yeah, like, exactly. People don't have an attention span, but only people that do are people that like movies or like stories. They can sit through these things. Mm-hmm. The general public, like, for example, there are things that we know about the nerd culture, especially the superhero, what we opened up. Like, we can be like, oh, that sucks, blah, 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 this and that. Normal viewers, they probably don't even know how Venom was created. But you know what? We got a Venom movie. And, you know, and then mm-hmm. you got the nerds that are like, oh, that's not how Venom was created. It's like no one cares because you are the minority when it comes to that. You're just trying to make a buck, you know. Um, but, Justin, you said key things, and I just want to tack on two things. One, you said indie. Indie is always a thing, be it comic books or movies. Mm-hmm. A24 is technically not an indie company, but they, they are not anymore. They, but they still have the indie sheen they will always that have thing mm-hmm. they will always keep that disney can never do that disney's too nope. shiny to become that um mm-hmm. you know they- i mean look i i wouldn't i would i would argue that like i wonder i wonder what type of thought went into like the disney channel movies when they were like really you know what i mean because i could watch a disney channel movie now and be like damn this was this is oh, not 100%. like you know because there are things that you watch back and well, you know what it is it's, why did you, i think this was you good said the key you know thing earlier in our in our recording is heart it could be a bad movie but it's heart and honestly i'd rather have something genuine and suck than something that was just mm-hmm. produced by a cookie cutter L- the last maybe five years uh and you know, like think of like the Marvel movies, like they're starting to become stale because it's same thing, doing the same thing. You got the, uh, the villain effect. Like we got like how many villains that are really good out of the 20 plus movies? Like you could say a handful of villains that were really good. And I argue that, I don't know, a lot of people say Thanos is one of the greatest villains. I would say Loki and Killmonger to me were the top two that I can think of. I wouldn't put that in my opinion. I wouldn't put that. He was a dope villain. Like, um, let's what? let's let's talk realness. It's the Dark Elves from Thor: Dark World. Those were the best <laughs> villains imaginable. I, mean, I think but, Infinity War and Endgame was was as good because of like I think, the characters I think and 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 how. Yeah, they just. I, I feel like they took a risk. And they did something like you can't do twice. You know what I mean? Like they just, they left us in shock and they were like, we were just like, whoa. And I I strongly believe I've been saying it. I think that James Gunn is going to turn up when he does what he does. Oh yeah. I had no, it's I just, have no problems I hope, with that. I just hope that, that he has the tools and the resources and he's allowed to do what he wants to do oh, yeah. because he, he, you know, the thing about James Gunn, which I will, I give him credit for, aside from I enjoy his movies, is his consistency. And he's not only consistent, but he his methods are proven to work. Oh, yeah. Using practical effects 
as much as you can, yep. you know, he like pushing yourself and saying, okay, you know, the style of the way that you're shooting, it's like, he's, he was able to take guardians three. Right. And he didn't, it, it, it's like nobody is making the argument that Guardians 3 is a Marvel, like, oh, it was another Marvel movie. Yeah. And anybody that gets the opportunity to see the Guardians movies are going to be like, oh, shit, like, I, these are good. Like, these are great movies yeah. because it doesn't feel like, you know, it's machine. jointed to something, you know, like, it, exactly. You know what I'm saying? It still is like you were making that argument earlier. It's a standalone thing. Yeah. But, you know, Ultimately, it comes down to, you know, I think the issue with a lot of these films, even Star Wars, like Star Wars is hurting bad, too. Well, you mean as, as movies, not not like the lower landscape? Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, the TV shows I, have been doing I haven't, great. I haven't seen Andor. I haven't seen Andor. Oh, I know it's really good. I haven't Andor's seen it. Andor's good. But Obi-Wan felt like. It felt like, you know, a tease, like it felt like. And you know what's funny? I you really say that I, I would be on the same camp as you. But, uh, and there was a episodes ago, me and Justin were talking, and I sh- I shared with him that there's this guy that worked, and I'll bring it back to what we're talking about because I'm just nerding out right now. There's this guy that worked on Andor, was like, I'm gonna redo um, uh, Obi Wan with like, like, oh, you know, yes. you know what I'm talking about, right? So. I know he, I'm talking, he, they're making a, he teased, a film. Yeah, he teased the trailer of like what he's doing. And I was like, these things work. Like, like for just one scene where spoilers for whoever's listening out there, um, when Vader fights Obi-Wan again, again, and mm-hmm. it's too dark. But what he does in his, he does the opposite effect from, um, Empire, not Empire Strike Back. Sorry. What's the third movie called? Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Revenge he of the does Sith. like everything was all red when they first fought, but in this one he makes it all bluish in the bluish hue. I was like, that w-. it's little things like that. There's a scene where, again, I'm just nerding out, where Vader's just sitting and he's not staring at anything, but he added visual effects where it shows a map of the galaxy. It's like little things like that that elevate mm-hmm. the the thing. So I agree it's with environmental yeah, so, stare storytelling. Yes, exactly. You know. Yes, and and that's what the issue was. Where they did it in Mandalorian season three, but it it wasn't enough to like like Mandalorian season three was it I, I don't want to I don't want to say how I felt about it because I don't want to start yeah, talking about it. But what I liked about what I liked about it was they I liked how they showed I can't think of the the area, but they made the world bigger. They made it. They made they they put you in. The yeah. Star Wars in universe, and you were like, "Yeah, of course, yeah, I, exactly." And thing. you were like, "Oh, okay, this is how these people live." Yep. So, my issue with Obi Wan was, you could have shown Vader really hunting Jedi down, yeah. and you could have shown him really out there and made the stakes feel even more like, like, "Whoa, this guy is." But it, they just kept it too grounded, and- where it was like, "We're gonna do this." And then, yeah, I you was, know, and my expectations were high goes. because I felt like, you know, I was going to get a Logan type thing because Logan technically is a Western. And I thought I would get that with technically yeah. Mandalorian is the Western, but I would have loved to see that in Obi-Wan. Um, but I want to kind of take it back to what you said before with James Gunn. We're talking about mm-hmm. an artist. Now, forget writers for a second. The when it comes to the indie stuff or creating your own stuff, writers have full creative rights because these are like ideas that birth from the mind. Like 
the things that come from my head, I'm, I'm like flabbergasted. I come up with these and I put it on paper and then it becomes this thing. James Gunn, one mm-hmm. of the things, and I've said it to Justin since college, WB had this large sandbox of DC characters. It's not like where Marvel Studios had to get their characters back one by one. Now they finally have everyone except Spider-Man. DC, uh, sorry, I keep saying, I like to say WB because DC is not the problem. WB was the problem for the longest time. They went through a a merger and they went through another merger. Now the the guy Mm -hmm. on top was like, let's create a freaking DC studio because they never had one. And we got uh, Mm -hmm. Saffron and Gunn. I'm not, and I've said this many times, I'm not getting hyped until I see the product. Uh, When I see the trailer for Superman, I'm going to be like, okay, cool, but I won't get hyped until I see the end of the credits. And again, I have faith in James Gunn because he hasn't let me down. And a lot, and then for people like you and me, we know James Gunn, but when you talk about DC movies, they're like, oh, they're never going to do well. They're never going to do well because all they know is DC versus Marvel. There's always that divisiveness. Yeah. I love everything. Mm-hmm. I love the thing I love about James Gunn is he's doing what uh, Snyder was going to do, but because suits didn't give him the opportunity, look how it just fell apart. So I'm yeah, happy but I don't think Snyder is a good. I don't. I don't personally. I don't think Snyder is a good storyteller. I'm. I'm not going to get into all that. I just mean when it comes to the structure of everything, because like, and I'm going back yeah. to the artist aspect of things. It, be it writers mm-hmm. or the artists, when you have someone trying to tell a story, and then you got the the suits hand in there. They mm-hmm. Snyder was not meant to do. He was never meant to do that. But they're like, yo, we got to catch up to Marvel. So he, he's been given this, like, this thing that he was never meant to do. He tried to do it. People couldn't understand yeah. it. And mm-hmm. with the suits meddling in it, you got the fans, the people, the general public, just like, it's garbage. And whose fault is that? It's not yeah. necessarily his fault. Granted, like, I didn't like him in the beginning, but then, you know, it's looking at it retroactively. Like, I love Man of Steel. Like Man of Steel was good to mm-hmm. me in the beginning. Like I loved Man it. Man of Steel was good. It was good. That, but then with BVS, it's not like it was like when I watched it, I was like, it's. I was like, eh. but then when you, it was you, a terrible story. But the thing is, it, I don't think it was terrible, and that's the thing. I when I think when I showed just Justin never saw BVS until I showed you the ultimate cut. It and I think you saw BVS later on. It's one of those yeah. things where mm-hmm. it's like it comes to what I mentioned before the intention span. He he shot all this mo- this whole movie, but they're like, "Yo, we can't put a three hour, two hour and change movie in here because we got to fill up seats. We got to get these run times." Mm-hmm. It's not. I again. It's, I it's just thought Batman was really it, flawed. It's, it's still opinionated, but it's yeah. just like it's 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 the suit. the The key thing is the suits in meddling in, and that gets away. That takes away the yeah. art from the artist slash writer slash director because. Yeah. What I found out recently, a lot of these directors from Marvel movies don't really get much of a say, even though they're technically yeah. directed, which I understand producers create the thing. You got the Feige's. But what I'm trying to say is, yeah. for me, in my opinion, the suits are the problem. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, what we can agree on with all these points is that when one person is given the reins to tell a story, it's always going to be more cohesive than when multiple people have their opinions thrown into it. Right. Yeah. Whether that be a James Gunn, a Taika Waititi, like we saw with Thor, or even uh, Snyder, Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. So 
all these things rocked in different ways because they weren't allowed to tell their version of their story. So, and that comes down to directors, producers, writers, right? So Mm -hmm. now wrapping it all together, you know, we've talked about a lot, everything from, you know, the culture of movies to this actual writer strike right now. Um, the actual writer strike is continuing. Like we mentioned before, we have forecasts that ended around August, you know, Companies like Rob's are hoping that it's done by September because they just can't hold on anymore. And of course, the consumer, we want to make sure that, you know, we're not interrupted on watching stuff that we want to watch. So, and I just want to, I just want to throw it out there. Like when I say if it goes past September, like that's not my company saying anything to me, you know, or it's, it's just more of like my own. It's your own fears perception yeah yeah like i don't i don't want it to sound like you know that everybody's you know i don't i don't know yeah the full scope of it i could just from my own personal you know mm. uh, opinion and everything like from what the way things are going right now you know if it does go past september you know i just feel like it, it, things may get even tougher yeah so so with all of that you know, we'll continue to keep an eye on the writer strike and hopefully not the ensuing actor strike, but who knows, but we will keep an eye on that. We'll, you know, fortunately we have Rob here that can kind of give us a finger on the pulse from the inside, you know, from the production aspect. Yeah, man on the inside. Yeah, we got the man <laughs> on the inside. So we will continue to keep everyone updated as this goes, because this is affecting our show in our life too right we are consumers but we also report on these things that happen so um i'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up here thank you rob for joining us today yes we got real real quick before you wrap it up before you wrap it up i want to do uh two i want to end things on a lighter note two two things so um you know i saw spider-verse absolutely loved it i'm sure you guys feel the same way. So yes. I've been just going crazy. Uh, even before Spider-Verse, like I was already getting a lot of miles books and everything. So now I've just been going even harder. So I have some books here that I wanted to show off real quick that I picked up. Um, so these aren't really anything too crazy. Like, you know, as far as like significance with miles, but just, just books that I, I've been kind of looking at online and, um, since I'm away in North Carolina, I, um, the, the beauty of like coming down to a place, a state like this is like, if you're looking for things and you go out to comic book shops, you will find them. <laughs> so like they have so many, um, I hope it's not too dark, but like, I just wanted to show off some of these, some of these books. So this is, you got to tilt it a bit. There you go. Yeah. Versus the alien. Oh, I was going to say that looks like alien. xenomorph. That's cool. Xenomorph. No, I said alien. Yeah. Um. Then I got Miles as Swamp Thing. That's dope. I like that. Ooh, yeah. They, so these are the new variants. Have you seen the one with uh, in the like the Spider Verse thing where it's like uh, Storm? I I just copped that. No, I'll, but please send it I'll to send me it to so you. I can I can it's find so it. Th- these are just like you know, just just comic book pickups that that I'm just finding. This one right here does have su- some significance. I believe it's it's either his like his second uh, standalone standalone um, 
story, but it was like a Halloween. It says like Halloween extravaganza is on that it. Brian Michael uh, Bendis. So th- for those listening, that is a comic writer who is working for DC now. Well, he uh, he was Not also the creator. Yes. Of Cause, yeah, so because uh yeah, this this might be something different. This is he's not on. Uh, so this is the second, I have credits the second on this run. One. Okay, yeah, it's probably the second run. So yeah, I just, I got those, but one I will say I I do recommend highly that that you guys get is uh, first appearance of Spider Punk. Mm. Mm. Nice. This this book right now, you know, you can get it. Like I got it like for 10 bucks and that's about like going rate online. But if you could find it in person, you know, I would say pick this one up and I got the variant cover, oh, nice. which is super nice. dope. Cool, cool, cool. Great. Definitely read up on those. Well, that's, yeah. his, that's his first, that's his standalone one that just came out, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So highly, highly recommend. I'm pretty sure that's his, his, his FA too. Yeah, he, no? He's been, mm-hmm. he's nah, been he's... out, but he's never like, He's never had his own. He's been around. Got you. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, you. technically, he's never had his own. Book. Uh, Spider, Spider UK. Yeah, Spider UK has had its own. There, there's his own like one, there's, one or two issue run. Yeah, but that's not him. That's a different Spider. Yeah, Hobie, right? Hobie Brown. Yeah, Hobie Brown. Yeah, is a, yeah, that's a yeah. Thing. Him, he's just been featured in other things. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, the Spider Punk craze is ridiculous like his funko pop is you know really expensive right now anything with him is is just going kind of crazy so highly recommend you know you guys pick up that and then the last thing i wanted to do was i just want the three of us to each give one recommendation of a show to watch that like like i want to give one and hopefully the two of you haven't seen it and then Jay, you can give one. Hopefully, the two of us haven't seen it, and then Justin could give one of oh, a show. Yeah. Okay. So I'll start off. Kick it off. Yeah, good. Barry, watch Barry. That's on, on HBO. HBO. Not only on yep. HBO, it's on Max. Not only is it an amazing show, but you will get through it very fast. Quick episodes. 30-minute episodes, uh, I believe it's four seasons. This season just came yep. out. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah this is like, the last season. When I, when I tell you guys, you know, it's it's a show that I, can, I couldn't even describe it to you. You just would have to watch it and, and just see it for yourself. So okay. please watch Barry. Bill Hader, Henry Winkler. There's a lot of good names yes. in there. Yes. There's another show I'll, I'll sneak in there too. It's called From. I, it might not be uh, Justice Cup of Tea because it has horror elements to it, but it's probably the best show that I've seen. I wouldn't be know, able to handle that. It depends on the horror. It's, it's, it's like, a it great depends. show. So it's basically a story. The story is like people are, there's like a family driving on a highway, right? Oh, I And they see this. a tree. Um, is this guy yes. in it? Uh, Batista? No. no, I'm thinking of no. a different thing. That yeah, was you're thinking movie, of a, a movie. Knock at the Cabin. Yeah, that okay. That, that movie was really bizarre. I, I watched that. Yeah. But yeah, it's about, so these people, they see a tree in the road and they, they go a different way and they end up in a town and the town, you're just stuck in a town. And every time you, drive, you try to leave, 
you're just back in the town. Okay. So it's like a thriller, kind of like mysterious. Twilight Uh, Zone. Let me write it down. Yeah, the second season, the second season just finished, and it's got me all the way effed up. It's got me real messed up right now. Especially with this whole writer strike thing, it's like, damn, I don't know when season three is going to come out. Commit to a new show if this. Yo, it's it's. It's, only it sealed off shows. Only, yeah, only shows that are done. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, go ahead. I say you first, Jay. Okay. Um, so I can say honestly, you know, we spoke about it in in the uh in the in the episode just now. Inside job on Netflix. Yeah, unfortunately it did get canceled. That's gonna get me upset if I watch it. It's two seasons. It is one of the best animated shows I've ever seen. I didn't see it when it first came out, but I caught it for the end of the second season, and and then I watched it. Inside Job, it's all about... Kristen Ritter, I believe, is the main character, and it has very much like the animation style. like a Rick and Morty feel. A lot of comedians on the show doing voices for the main cast, and it's all about a shadow government that runs the U.S. Slapstick humor, if you're a fan of South Park, uh, Rick and Morty, Family Guy, that kind of stuff. It's right up your alley. It does go, it pushes the envelope a lot in terms of like, uh, things like, I don't know, like crazy things. Like there's a lot of conspiracy stuff in there. They make light of it. It's really fun. Uh, the humor is great. It's gory on top of that. Very much like a Rick and Morty, but pushing that envelope even more. So that, and it's like that show, I was so pissed when I finished it because I was like, damn, they really set it up to go even crazier the third season and we just never got it and Mm. that show animation is crisp it's not like you're not going to see like anime level stuff but it's just how it's done from intro to outro each episode very well put together i'll watch it so i could be depressed with you i know that's why you're depressed most of the time i definitely take that around (laughs) um i will say damn i have two but i'm gonna choose one right now you're a fan of Samurai Jack, right, Rob? Uh, Rob? Oh, yeah. Have you seen Definitely. Primal? I've only seen a f- like maybe the first or second episode, but I've been told many times to watch it. All right. So that's that's a great. Right. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that one, and then one more. Warrior. Have you heard of it? Mm-hmm. I haven't. All right. So just to, I'm gonna give you one thing. It takes place like back in the day. I want to say night early like. 19th century, like the latter half of that time. Um, it's based off the writings mm. of Bruce Lee. If you like Kung okay. Fu. Okay. Where can I watch it? H- on Max or HBO Max. Okay, cool. It was Even initially better. on Cinemax, cool. but then I think at the time when they did their merger, they, they got yeah, into they it. So it's available there. Nice. Warrior and Primal, which is two like synonymous meme spellings. But anyway, mm-hmm. those two shows. Season three just dropped <laughs> recently. Cool. I've heard I've heard of Warrior, and I'm I, I didn't even know times. that you watch it. Yeah, yeah. I've said it. I've seen one and two. I'm gonna rewatch season one and two because I've been waiting for season three for like a year and change. I feel like I've never heard you talk about this because I've heard about the show because it's Bruce Lee, and I like Bruce I, Lee I, stuff. It was probably me. <laughs> it it might have been you, but <laughs> like I said, with that, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you, Rob, for coming in and dropping some insider knowledge on us. 
And we will catch you guys on the next episode of the Talking Heads whenever that comes out. So appreciate you guys. <laughs> signing- Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Of course. So signing off, as always, I'm Jay Justin Ruiz. I'm Jay Jeremy Francois. Oh, I'm Rob X. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Bye, everyone. <laughs>